we could do better than that. Who are we here to praise today? Hallelujah. Yeah, that's right. We don't want to give God half of our praise, right? He doesn't give us half, so we, we don't want to give him half. We want to give him all because he gave all for us this morning, right? Amen. Good morning. Hi. Welcome to Hill City. Um, if you're new, welcome. We're so glad that you're here today. Um, if you're visiting with us, if, um, if it's your first time, we're just so glad that you're here to worship with us today. Um, we're just believing that God's going to do incredible, amazing things, and we're just um, we're grateful for the opportunity to worship together as a family and in unity today. So um, I'm just going to pray as we enter into this time of worship. Um, Holy Spirit, we just invite you here today. God, we pray that you would move among your people today, Jesus. God, that your spirit would be, be so evident in our lives, God, that it would be undeniable that it's you working in us, God. Lord, we pray that um, you would just open the heavens right now, God, that we would be able to meet with you face to face. God, I pray that our focus would be just on you right now, that we would let it all fade away. We would let everything else going on in our lives fade away in this moment. God, we just love you. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do today. God, teach us something new. Open our eyes, our hearts, our ears, our minds, God, to learn something new from you today to move us in a direction towards you, constantly learning and growing and walking towards you, Lord. Be with us today, Lord Jesus. We just invite you in this time. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let's worship together. Just what to do, and I will love you, Lord, my strength. And I will love you, Lord, my strength. And I will love you, 
Forever all 
sing worthy. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Sing holy. church to sing this together. Everything you've got, sing it out. And I will pay. 
moment. Tell God how good he is. There is none beside you, God. You alone are holy. You alone are worthy, Lord Jesus. God, show me who you are. With your heart Come on. Can you just lift your hands one more time just to tell him this morning? Sing holy. Tell him, church, there is no one like you, God. Open up my eyes and show me who you are and fill me with your heart. Now with the same sincerity, can you tell him today? Sing, I will build my life upon your love. It is the Bless your name, Jesus. And I will put my Come on, can you put your trust in him today? One more time. And I will build my life upon your It is a firm foundation. Come on, with everything you got. today. Can we sing that as one voice this morning? Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those One more time. Sing holy there is no one like you. There is 
worship, God, in the outpouring of your heart. I don't care if you raise your hands. If you raise your hands, awesome. Do that. If that's part of your worship, do that. We encourage that. But, man, just focus your whole energy, your whole being on God right now. And just think of your heart of that word wonder. Say, wow. That word wow to me is, God, wow. For those of you watching online, for operating the camera, everybody in here, just think of, wow. God, that you loved me. You chose me. I didn't choose you. You cared for me, God. And I respond in worship and wonder this morning, God. Yes, God. We pray for your presence, God. We pray for strong presence, God, that we'd acknowledge you this morning all over this place, God, that you're real, you're tangible, God. There's an atmosphere that we can latch on to. God, we want to be changed, God. Move us right now in our hearts. God, we thank you that we get to walk in here today and worship you. Worship you in song and praise, God, and we get to do that with our lives, God. We don't have to do it. We get to do it. God, and we love you. You are a good father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before you sit down, tell the person, wow, next to you. Say, wow. And you can say, hi. How's it going as well? Amen. say wow wow when was the last time you thought of that huh my kids think of that wow they still see that we we tend to lose the art of wow-ness ish as we grow older don't we welcome to hill city church welcome to hill city church so glad you guys are here those of you online welcome to take thanks for tuning in and I got a few announcements to make. Uh, my name is Paul. If you're the, if it's, uh, Candace said, if you're first time here, welcome. Uh, we'd love to get to know you and answer any questions you may have about uh, the wonderful thing that we call Hills, Hill City Church and our family here. Um, Megan had a, a good little story the other day. She went to a, a, a Hope's baby sh- uh, not a baby shower. What is it? It's a birthday. That's what it's called. Uh, I didn't go to the birthday. I was like, no, I'm going to sit home and watch the Masters. Anyway, so... Um, but they went, and there were a bunch of church people there, and she had some neighbors there. It's just kind of a testimony a little bit here. Come on, testimony. And the girls said, there was one of well, the neighbors of, of Hope, and she said, do you guys, how do you guys all know each other? And she said, uh, we go to church together. And the lady said, wow, you guys, it seemed, you guys act like family. And I thought that was so cool, right? 
Um, we don't do it to show. Uh, it's just part of who we are. We say that around Hill City Church. We are family. And it's not just words on a page or words on our website, but we, ultimately, we try to live that out and embody that as Hill City Church. Um, so a couple of quick, quick announcements. Um, one is our paradigm classes. Man, we cut the keyboard so soon today. I don't have my cool music to make me sound better. Anyway, it's okay. You guys can help me out. The, uh, we have our, par uh, sorry, oh, geez. Growth track. Paradigm is like show 2017. Growth Track, it's probably 2016 anyway. So we have our, our Growth Track is starting on May 6th. So Growth Track is our way to, uh, to, get, to, keep your, uh, to continue your journey with, with Hill City Church. Uh, it, I, we don't really call it membership per se, but that might be something you might be familiar with. So uh, it's a way to get involved. If this, is your ch if this is your church home, this is a place you come, um, we'd love for you guys to take the next step with us um, and in your journey as a continuation of your faith and continuing your spiritual maturity. And so that's a four-week course that we do that Mark and Julie Mitchell lead at their home. And so um, it's an awesome course. It's four weeks, and then after that, you're, uh, you're approved. <laughs> you're part of us. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you graduate, and, we, and there's all sorts of stuff that's, uh, that's, um, that's gone through. I know John and his wife and others, uh, sorry, um, and, and, and Tina went through it and several others. So um, if you're uh, interested, please come talk to the, table, uh, to the folks at the table out there. And we'll answer any questions. And then sign-ups for that will be next week. Secondly, say DESPO. What's DESPO? It means Desperation Conference. And we are selling these beautiful pork butt sandwiches. Pork butt is not actually butt. I realize it's actually shoulder. So in case you know, I think it can also be the butt. But I'll just call it pork barbecue. How about that? That's a little bit more tasteful. But if you talk to Mike out there, they're selling these amazing sandwiches. So we have uh, gluten-free options, which means you have no bun. But <laughs> so you can take that away. But doesn't this look good, Paul? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they are really good. I mean it. And I told Mike, I said, can you not make it smell so good? Because you're distracting the, the folks in the, in the congregation. So uh, anyway, that's the reason why we're selling that is this, uh, three of the, kid, the Beelman kids this morning, three of them are going to go to Despo, which is in June, I believe. And so please go out there. There's no price for it, but you should pay something. So don't just go be like, can I have a free sandwich? Um, but get, get, give generously, amen? Give generously to the kids. Uh, we're raising money so that they can be basically fully subsidized and have their, uh, their conference paid for. And lastly, all right, you guys can come forward. And I'm going to hand it over to Pastor John so he can speak. Uh, who's ever done the, uh, the, have you guys done the, the, the wine and um, painting thing before? Anybody? All girls, raise their hands. <laughs> well, I got to do it on Friday. Yes, it was amazing. So uh, love your neighbor. We went, out, we went out with our next door neighbors for a, a little double date. And we went to Whimsy. So manly. And we got to paint and uh, sip on some Diet Coke. There was some wine there too, but there, uh, it, was, it was so interesting to me because when you start out, you have the instructor, and uh, Randy, you've done it, right? No, okay. <laughs> I will say there were like, I did the ratio in the room, there were like 25 women and three dudes, so I felt good, um, but, but we, you start the painting, and you, it's just a blank canvas, right? You're like, I don't know what I'm doing, and uh, I'm not like totally inept as a painter, but I don't, I, I don't know how to paint. So, but when you start out, you kind of start doing it, you're like, okay, I can paint this. It's like one solid color, but then that's, that's where it starts easy. But then it starts to, like, get a little bit more complicated, right? And the person up there, like, yeah, just do this. Like, you know, remember Bob Ross? He's like, yeah, I'll just do this, blah, blah. And you're like, that looks perfect. How did you do that? And you do it, and you're like, ah, oh, stink. So one of the things they say is if you feel like don't overblend, 
right? Don't overblend because then you'd make it look like a big booger on your canvas. And they, it looks terrible. And you can't undo it. Um, the only way to undo it, though, I love it, is you can paint something over it. Do you ever remember that in Bob Ross? You'd be like, woo! This big, you're like, no! But he was giving perspective, right, in a tree. So anyway, um, went through this whole, this whole process. And, and by the end, I just, the, 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 uh, the, con- the uh, I was going to say conductor, the, uh, the, the teacher made it look so easy. Um, and we make it look so hard, right? And so um, at the end of the day, though, it did start to come together a little bit. And my kids did like my painting better than Megan's. Come on. So, and that is, anyway, she is so much better than me. That was, it was a competition. I got to make it a competition. But, man, I was, um, I, I don't want to make this a, a long story. But I want to just say, uh, as there's, I was thinking about she knows what she's doing and I don't. And sometimes um, as we come up here and we teach and John teaches and we teach, we don't have it all together, right? We don't know the perfect way to do it. But we are also going to give you a, a template and a blueprint for how to, what we think is the best way to live this life. And we believe it's a life submitted to Jesus and devoted to God. And we believe that's the right way to do it. And so um, I just want to, as you go through this, just, uh, you know, John's the teacher today, <laughs> literally. And our life might be messy this morning. But I believe at the end of the day, God makes, just like we were saying, God makes all things good. For me and for him. And that song said it makes all, the first song said, make God, you make all things good for me. You were singing it, right? And Marcy, I was just thinking, flip it to or add to it, God, and you make all good things for you. Because about his plan, we're part of that story, and he's making our, our beautiful painting way better than what I did on Friday night. Amen? That our mess, our story, everything comes together in a beautiful picture. And it's hard to see that sometimes that day. But I just pray that you would understand that God has a great plan for us. Amen? Amen. You guys can start passing those around. I'm going to pray and uh, bring up John. God, thank you for this morning. God, for your presence, that we do have a God that's amazing, that we can stand on your promises, God, stand on your truth, and in, just to immerse ourselves in that, God, so that when stuff hum, comes, and when it does come, it will come, God, that we can stand on your firm foundation, Jesus. You are good, God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, if you're new or newer, my name is John, and just, uh, just glad that you're here. I just want to start out with a statement um, for all of us, and I think this is more for me than you, but I just want to tell you that Jesus loves power. There we go. There we go. That's, that's what I needed to scare you. Jesus scares you. Jesus wants to scare you today. No, I was going to say Jesus loves you. Yeah, I, I think that made it a point. Jesus loves you, man. Not the future you, not the, not the better version of you that we have in mind, but you right here in this room and me right here in this room. And it's sometimes very hard for me. I was thinking about it. I was, I was, I'll give you like a clear moment of uh, my life sometimes. I was thinking about this moment, and I was like crying in the shower. My kids are asking me like, what are we going to do today? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to embrace this moment of like God actually loving me. I have a hard time, on, I, I have a hard time accepting it. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time, like, I know how to love someone, but I don't know, it's harder for me to receive love. And there's people in this room that it's, we can understand that Jesus loves Paul, 
But it's really hard for me to understand Jesus loves me and that I have to uh, perform a way or work really hard. Then Jesus will love me. Then, then he'll like me. But it's, it's not that. Right now in this room, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I just want to tell you, Jesus absolutely loves you. And he loves you and he's for your joy and for his good. And his good is for your joy. Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Uh, he loves you. I know, I said uh, at least seven times now. But I, I think someone needs to hear that today. Because that's the foundation of knowing God, of understanding God, is that at first we have to understand that he loves me. He loves me. Today we're continuing the series, Bold Moves. Say bold moves. All of us have tried little tweaks to change our life hoping for big changes, but what if we don't need a tweak? What, we, what if we need a bold move in our lives, right? We try to, like, tweak this and tweak that, and we're like, oh, it's kind of the same. But what if God's like, man, I want you to change something big about your life? And, and today we're, uh, we're con uh, continuing the series, Bold Moves, but we're on this thing called Bold Devotion. Say Bold Devotion. Oh, that was lame. Say Bold Devotion. Oh, that's good. What is devotion, right? And, and, and devotion, all of us, know, we, we kind of understand what devotion is. Devotion is like, I am devoted to you, Candace. I am for you. I am with you. I will be faithful. I am committed. I am dedicated to this relationship. I will give you loyalty and faithfulness, right? And we feel like devotion is like this, da-da-da, like this, like, emotion, right? But, but what does it look like in action? What does devotion look like in action? And I believe devotion honestly looks very common. It looks co more common than the word feels, right? Devotion is less emotional and emotive than we think. Devotion starts with this beautiful word that we all love called discipline, right? All the Asians in the house say discipline. No, I'm just kidding. We all, man, we grew, I understand discipline, right? This is my brother and my sister-in-law and her sister right here to give him a hand, right? And if you, if you want to verify some of my stories, you can verify with him. You can verify that it, it's for real, that my life is crazy, right? But it's the word devotion. The word devotion, my, I mean discipline. And the word discipline might have like negative connotations. When we think of discipline, we're like, eh. It's negative, John. Say something positive. I am telling you something very positive. We need to embrace discipline, right? We need to embrace it. And, and, and it is for our good. I love this picture. Discipline. All alone, in a gym, all by himself, playing, and putting the work in. Discipline. The root word of disciple is discipline. And we are called to be a disciple and make disciples and be disciplined. The writer of Hebrews and the writer of Proverbs says that God disciplines those he loves because he loves us as his children. It's crazy. Who has kids in here? Anyone have kids? I have three perfectly unperfect kids. Yeah. Three perfectly unperfect kids. It's crazy. We were driving to the airport yesterday, and they almost got me on the verge of losing my mind. And when we got out of the car... Two of them were crying, right, because I was yelling at them. And I said, now you better smile because you're, you're, the in-laws are in. You better smile. Tell them how good of a parent I am. Shut your mouth. Get over here, you know. And they're like, <laughs> they're walking into the airport crying. And I'm like, oh, tis my life. 
you can fake it. You can want to fake it, but you just can't. They just drive you to the point of insanity, and you got to bring in the discipline, right? I, I discipline my children not because I hate them, but because I love them deeply. I do. I love them deeply. And, and you don't need to teach your children how to be selfish, right? They were born with it, right? Yeah, like Lady Gaga said, they were born that way. They were, they were born with it, right? And, and you don't need to t- tell them how to say mine. They love to say mine. That's mine. That's mine too. What, yours is mine too, right? Everything's theirs. And it's, it's funny when, two, uh, when there's a new kid put into the mix because uh, uh, little Isaiah, my, uh, my brother's son, is in the mix now, and I'm just watching them to see how mine things are, right? What toys are mine and off limits? And I'm just watching them. They're doing good. They're doing good. But I, I, I like it. But we discipline our children because we love them deeply, right? And, 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 but I, I discipline them because I want them to be beautiful, productive, grateful human beings who love God and who love people deeply. And my role as a parent and father is to shape them into a beautiful picture of a Jesus follower, what Jesus looks like. And that takes love, yes, and that takes discipline. Discipline. But here's the problem we face. This is the big problem. No one likes discipline. No one does. No one likes it. We, unless we really understand why we need it. We need to know why this discipline matters. We live in a culture of life hacks, right? If, we, if you go on like Pinterest, it's like, this is so easy. Then you do it and it's awful, right? And then we try to do life hacks, shortcuts, and quick fixes, right? What is that seal stuff, like that spray-on seal things? It's like Flex Seal. I, love, I, I like the idea of Flex Seal, but I've used Flex Seal before, and it didn't do what they did. Right? I was like, quick fix. All I need is quick uh, flex seal. And it's still leaking. I'm like, oh, it's not that easy. You need to bring out someone who is skilled to fix this. Right? Because I'm not skilled to fix this. Ask my wife. I can't fix things. But we want to do, we want to take out the discipline and we want quick fixes. So we want to know, what is the minimum amount of work, John? What can I not do and stay devoted? What can I take out of devotion and yet still feel Devoted. For example, I know that when I skip my exercise, I'm sorry, Kane. When I skip my exercise in my weekly routine, I feel the same. I'm like, I think I'm the same, right? And then I th- and I think, and it's not true. I look the same. I'm like, I still look like I'm 20 pounds less. It's not true. My shirts tell me it's not true. That's why it's unbuttoned right now. It's a little tight. I'm like, oh, I don't like this, right? But, uh, but it's, it's funny, we all, I feel the same, I look the same, but the real test happens when we get on a hike. I was up in the mountains at Breckenridge, and Bobby and I, we were climbing up this hill, and we made it to one hill, and it was like maybe 100 yards, I'm like, Ugh. it was like over 10,000 feet, but I was like breathing hard, I was like, I am so out of shape right now. I climbed one hill, and it's killing me right now. When, when, when the test happens, you understand how fit you are. It's crazy how much we can decline without noticing. I'm going to say that again. It's crazy how much we can decline without noticing. And this is also true about our faith. It's good that we go to church and have amazing moments with God on Easter and things like that. But 1.5 hours out of 168 hours a week is not enough to discipline yourself in Christ. It is not enough for your spiritual fitness. I like that word, spiritual fitness. 
we might not notice until hardships come and temptations come and our faith is not mature enough nor strong enough nor prepared enough to get through the storm. And I'm, I'm going to talk positive in just a moment. I'm just telling you about what fitness feels like, right? And, and, and I want to say it, we have great intentions, but intentions, as we know, are not enough. So how do we get from who I am to who I need to be? Because I'm not who I used to be, but I still want, there's a destiny that I still want to get to that I desire to. How do I get from who I am to who I need to be as a father, need to be as a husband, need to be as a leader, as a student, as a business owner, as an employee? I want to show you God's plan. And if you have your Bibles, please go to Jeremiah 6. All right, we celebrate the word of God, so next time you're going to woo with us, all right? Just woo with us, or pretend to woo, just like, so it looks like you're wooing with us. But Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet, right? And if you didn't know that, that that's, that's what they call him. They called him the weeping prophet because he saw what was coming, and yet no one believed him. You know why? Because in the book of Jeremiah, for the tribe of Judah, times were good. Times were good. No one listened to the caution of Jeremiah, and he was a weeping prophet because times were good. They had plenty. The stock market was up. They had peace and prosperity and comfort, and this kept them from seeing and hearing what Jeremiah was showing them. It's very interesting, and I believe this message is very true for us because change in our life happens. One thing we can't stop in our life is change. It will happen. Some of us hate change, but it will happen. But unless we listen to the voice of God now, we won't hear it when it's hard, when we face trials. And I'm going to read this to you, and I'm going to break this down. This is one verse, and I'm going to throw a bunch of verses in here. But Jeremiah 6.16, it says, this is what the Lord says. This is what God is saying, guys. Stand at the crossroads and look. And he's saying, look, it's decision time, guys. It's, it's, we stand at this moment, this crossroads of directions that we can go. And, 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 and what you do now will determine your future. That's what he's saying. That's what a crossroad is. I believe this is true for many of us right now. Things might look good, but change will happen. We might feel comfortable, but we're always at a crossroads. We're at a crossroads in our relationship, in marriage. We're at a crossroads at work. We're at a crossroads with our health. I'm just thinking of different people in this place. We're at a crossroads at dreams that we're trying to fulfill or places we're trying to live. We're at a crossroads. And what we do now will determine our future, right? And this is so true. Even if you feel comfortable, you're at a crossroads. And it says, ask for the ancient path. For the ancient path, which means get back to the basics. Get back to the basics. You've been wavering on your basics, right? Your disciplines, your faithfulness. And these small things make a big difference. And I love this next part. Ask where the good way is. Sometimes we got to ask. Sometimes we don't know the way, so we got to ask what the way is. Some of us men, we don't like asking for directions. Some women don't like asking for directions. Candace likes asking for directions. I don't. I like to get lost. I told her, I tell her I did it on purpose because my pride can't confront myself. Oh, I got lost on purpose. I know where I'm going. I wanted to take this left, left turn in the one way. I thought it was a great idea, right? Some of us, our pride will keep us from asking, from seeing what God has us. It says, ask what the good way is. Thinking we know the way, but because, we, because of my own pride, sometimes I don't know the way. Because of my own immaturity or the lack of wisdom, you got to ask for wisdom. 
God says in the book of James, ask for wisdom. Ask for it. I will give it to you generously. But God has a good way for us, a better way, right? We need to ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. This is a huge thing because we can find re- we can rest and not be rested. How many of you guys understand that? We can sleep and not feel rested. We still feel like a weight of our souls. We still feel the weight of life, and we feel anxiety. We feel fear. And, and I, Paul and I were talking a couple weeks back, and we were saying, that cannot be the full life that God is talking about, right? We, we are, some of us, uh, if, if you're a Christian, you're a Christian, and you're like, I'm living the Christian life, but I don't feel like it's the life that Jesus talks about in the Bible. I'm so full of anxiety. I'm so full of fear. This cannot be the full life that Jesus is talking about. Where is the rest for my soul, right? You will find rest for your soul, soul-satisfying rest when you wake up and you feel so good, and you're like, God, you got this. God, you got this. I don't know where you are today. Life can be good, and we can be comfortable, and things are easy right now, or others. Life is hard. We're at a crossroads, and you might feel stuck, or you feel like you're failing, or everything seems hard. But I want to tell you, your story is not over. I believe that it's just begun, because God loves fresh starts. God loves redos. This book is not about awesome people. It's about an awesome God. I'm telling you, these people are crazy. They're like us, right? You're like, I, 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 I wish I could be like David. You don't want to be like David. You don't want to be like people in this book. You want to be like Jesus, right? Jesus is what we're focused on. Moses was crazy too. So was Abraham. Everyone in this, just look, this is a book about the goodness of God in the craziness of man, right? And so that's what we're looking at. I want to tell you your story. He loves redos. Every story is a redo that God loves us and that he can use our current failures to push you into your purpose. He does. He does. It's good. we got to get back to the basics, ask God's way, walk in it, find rest for our souls and purpose for our souls. So here's the secret of the full life of Jesus. Here's the secret, guys. You guys ready? This is a good secret. The one which does not live in anxiety, fear, boredom, lack of purpose or passion, but the full life that Jesus promises. How do we live in that life? Number one, I want you guys to write this down. Write it down or text it to yourself, but I think it's important to write this down. Number one, practice basic daily disciplines. Put that up. Practice basic daily disciplines. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's Bo Jackson. You guys might not know him because you guys are anyone who is like 30 and below, they're like, who's that? That's Bo Jackson, folks, right? They're like, huh, who's that? As a kid, as a kid, and my brother can confirm this, as a kid, he was the first athlete to play both baseball and football, and he played for Oakland, so I'm, I apologize, right? Oh, he played for L.A., L.A. Raiders back then, right? Yeah, some of woo, and Bronco fans are like, how, how dare you? How dare you? Right? Bo Jackson, he was a professional baseball player and football player, and he was good both ways. He was so good at football. He was one of the best running backs. He was so good at at baseball. He was a a center fielder, I believe, and he was, they they always showed the highlight where he, like, walked across the wall to catch a ball, and he landed and chucked it back, and you're like, wow. And as a kid, I used to watch Bo, and I'd be like, I want to be like Bo, because Bo knows. That was the whole Nike theme. Bo knows baseball. 
Bono's football. And then he would like shoot archery. I was like, Bono's archery? Right? Bono's engineering, right? Software engineering. I don't know. Bo knew a lot of things. So as a kid, I wanted to be like Bo. I wanted to imitate how Bo would hold his bat. It's like, oh, that's how I'm going to hold my bat. And we played a lot of baseball as kids until the, the baseball strike. Then we stopped playing baseball. We're like, how dare you, rich millionaire strike. That was like our only joy during the summer. So, I, so we would play a lot of baseball near our house. And we would chew the gum like Bo would chew. We'd walk to the play like Bo Jackson. And, we would, and kids would get his jerseys and his hat. And I remember working our paper route. And at 10 years old, we had this paper route of 138 papers that we would deliver every day. Me and my brother, we would wake up at 4.30 every day. I tell my sons uh, and my daughter this, and they're like, liar. No, I'm telling you, we woke up every single day from 10 years old to high school to throw papers. And we, I would save my money because I wanted the Bo Jackson cross trainers. And you can put that up. If I could wear those shoes, I could be like Bo Jackson. I would jump higher, run faster, bat stronger. And so finally, I saved up the money, and I, I think I put $100 down then to buy Bo Jackson cross trainers. And I wore them. I thought I was faster and better, and I was playing baseball. But it, I found that I wasn't any faster. I wasn't any stronger. I couldn't. I was, I was trying to do his move against the wall, try to climb the wall and catch something. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do anything that he could do. It was crazy because you know what I didn't understand? It wasn't the shoes. It wasn't the jersey. I didn't understand what made Bo Jackson Bo Jackson because I didn't understand his daily disciplines. It was his diet, his extra training, his studying the tapes, his practicing the same moves over and over again. It was his everyday discipline that I didn't understand. I thought if I just wore the shoes that I'd be like Bo Jackson and, and perform. And his performance on the field was a light of his training in, in, in the training room. It was his training in the training room. And, and, and listen, it, his, his work was a culmination of a lifetime of discipline. He understood it's not about who you are now, but who you're becoming. It's not about who you are now, but who you're becoming. And I want to say that the Christian walk, your faith is not about who you are now. We could be busted up, man. We could have made really bad decisions, but Jesus says it's who you're becoming. I'm looking forward to who you're becoming. In the same way, our life with Jesus, it, it, it looks so far from our reality. John, I'm just doing good to, just to make it to church and not argue with my wife in the parking lot. And I know this is true because I've done it many times. We've sat, Candace and I, we've sat back in those curtains right there yelling at each other. <laughs> right before we're praising Jesus, we're like, we're yelling at each other. And then I, someone came back there and they're like, <laughs> It was such a funny moment. We laugh about it today. But we, we sometimes, we're just good making it to church, right? How can I live as Jesus lived and love as Jesus did when I can't stop watching porn or, or talking trash about my boss, right? And I want to encourage you, just start small. Start small. Practice basic daily disciplines. And I'm going to give you some disciplines if you can write this down. 
Prayer. Prayer is a very good discipline. Start by talking to God. Get to know him. Ask for his guidance for your day. It is so simple, but it will change your life. Just pray daily. Prayer changes your heart. And the things that break God's heart start to break your heart. And, you, and it starts to mold you. And I would go as far to say daily prayer is the key to everything we need to live as Jesus did. It starts there. It is the ignition to your Christian faith. It is the ignition. You cannot have it and live a powerful life in your faith. And reading God's word, fill your mind with his thoughts. Learn to think like he does, love like he does, give like he does, be like him. And and, in Ephesians 5.26, washed by the word of God. Romans 12.2, renewed of the renewing of the minds like Christ, right? Then confession, confession, ask for forgiveness, understanding we need a savior. You need to confess liberating our sins and temptations into the light. Some of us, we're dealing with such dark temptations, and we're carrying it alone. And we think, I'm strong enough. I'm strong enough. I'm telling you, we're not strong enough. you got to share those. you got to confess it and bring it to the light so that someone can hold, your, hold you when you're weak and strengthen you. And, and that's what we need. We need confession. Confession is awesome for the soul. Silence and meditation. Silence and meditation. It says learn to be still, be calm, and, o- and open to what God is speaking to you. Sometimes we talk too much. And we just need to be silent. We need to disappear into the woods and listen to birds just for a moment. Because we need rest for our minds. Our minds are going. So, some of us, we need to fast. Fasting is humility. It's self-denial and god focus. Fasting is self-imposed self-control. Fasting is self-imposed self-control, moving from God-centered and other-centered in our life. Solitude and rest. Man, I know this is hard. I was telling Isaac how hard this is for my life, my, my friend Isaac. And we were, we were at lunch. I was like, I am not good at rest. I am not good at rest. I want to be better at it. But just to get away, Jesus got away. Luke 5, 16, he got away. He took breaks just to be alone with God and rest. Generosity, to give Boldly. How many of you guys want to give boldly, right? But you can't give boldly because the way we live our life, if we could control our finances and control our, our longings, our consumerism, we could be more generous. I want you to live generously. It is a beautiful way to live. Submission. No one likes this word, right? Submitting to the proper people in our lives that God has placed there. And you can look up Ephesians 5.21. To fight against the sin of pride, we need submission. And lastly, worship. Engaging together in worship. Uh, together here and on your own. You know, you know, sometimes you're like, I hope worship's good. And that's the wrong mindset. You bring the worship, man. Your, your worship on Sunday is how you worship from Monday to Saturday. It really is. And as you are worshiping Monday to Saturday, you come in here, you don't, you don't care if it's some dude on a banjo. You are all in because your worship is unto the God and you've been worshiping all throughout the week and it's all good. It's all good. You bring it and you do the prayer, the submission, the worship. You come in here, you'll come in here in celebration of what God is doing together in, 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 the, in the whole church, in the family of God. You will never change your life until you change what you do every day. What you do every day is your future. It really is. That was number one. Number two, put Jesus first. Oh, you, you hear that. If you've been to church, you've heard this before. Put Jesus first. 
But I, I don't mean like uh, in philosophy or in theology. I mean literally put him first on your schedule, on your to-do list. You know what's a good way to do things is actually put things on your schedule. If you want to come to church and, and, and actually be consistent, put it on your schedule. Because you, you do what you schedule. Right? If you're like, oh, I'll always do that. No, it's not true. Right? I, if you actually put the gym on to your schedule, you go to the gym. If you go put grocery shopping, Candace puts groceries on the schedule, we'll go grocery shopping. But if it's not scheduled, it, we don't always end up doing it. Put, it. put Jesus on your schedule before you, and, and put him first before you shower, before you brush your teeth, before you look at your phone. Just take time to be with Jesus in prayer and reading his word and just listening. Put Jesus first, not your emails, not your, not your social media, not what to wear. Put Jesus first. Think neurogenesis. Say neurogenesis. Yeah, it's an awesome word, right? There is research done by Dr. Caroline Leaf recent, that, uh, recently that revealed some fascinating things. When we sleep, our brains produce baby neurons, right? And how we use those new neurons first thing in the morning determines the pattern of thought for the day. Think about that for a moment. So when you wake up your mind and it's like a dry sponge and the first thing that it soaks up, it will think about the rest of the day. It's like hearing a song in the morning and then humming it all throughout the day. It's usually Taylor Swift for me, right? Right? And you're like, I'm singing 22 like at 9 o'clock at night. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have listened to it in the morning, right? But in the same way, whatever you like think about in the morning, first thing, it repeats and it grows in your mind. That's why I put put Jesus first. If you wake up with stress and complaining all throughout your day, it has an overtone of stress and complaints. Think about that. But if we start with God's word and with prayer and gratitude, the rest of your day, we begin to see a little bit from his perspective. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Put Jesus first. And as you do this daily, it begins to change your week. It begins to change your month. It begins to change your year. Then it begins to change your life. It does. And number three, reorder your priorities. You're like, you just said that. No, I, I want to continue a little deeper. Reorder your priorities. And this might say, is, uh, sound the same as the top one. But, it's, but if we say God is priority or your marriage is priority, your kids are priority, coming to church and gathering together is priority, then you need to reorder it and schedule it to show that to be true. Because if we say yes to something, we're actually saying no to something else. We live in such a fast pace. When we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. Weigh your yes against your priorities. Weigh your yes against your priorities. I'm serious. Think about the long game of your life, the story of your life, and what represents you and what matters. Make decisions for your priorities. Don't say yes to the less. Don't say yes to the less. Some of you will say no to a better job because it will take you away from your family, and that's good. We have seen people leave a beautiful Mm, we have seen fathers and mothers take jobs that take them away from their family and to go after what they long to do, but it is their family that is their priority because their kids are young. Man, and you have connections for the first time. Some, I know people that have gone away from Colorado, but all their connections are here, and I'm like, you should have stayed, man. And now it's so much harder. Say yes to your priorities, and saying no for now doesn't mean no forever. Right? You got to know how to say no when you need to say no. 
you got to know how to say no when you need to say no. And it's not forever. It's just when you need to say no. Choosing to sacrifice towards your priorities, asking for counsel and through discipline. So number one, practice basic daily disciplines. Number two, put Jesus first. Number three, reorder your priorities. And listen, as we are closing, the enemy of maturity, I believe it used to be immaturity or like not wanting it. But I believe the enemy of maturity is busyness. Because you feel busy and you feel like you're getting something done, but busyness doesn't mean maturity. Maturity doesn't mean age or how much time you spent in it. Maturity means that you spent your time and discipline on the right things of your priority. And this might sound so pragmatic, but this is what Jesus did. He lived his life in prayer, and he answered people's questions in God's word so you understand how much of God's word was in him. He understood what it meant to rest fully. He understood submission, that he submitted ourselves. He understood worship. He understood these things because it was in him. Sometimes we want to be like Jesus without putting any discipline in, and it doesn't work that way. Husbands, we want to be like bold for our families, and we want to stand for Christ for our families when we have no discipline in our background to do it. You cannot be what you are not. You can't give what you don't have. And disciplines create what you have. What you do every day determines your destiny. Let's stand. Maturity is more than desire. Devotion is more than passion. It's discipline. And it's hard to hear, I know. But who are we becoming? Who are we becoming? I think this is a very valid question. Because if we don't know who we're becoming, that's a problem. If we don't know what our priorities are, that's a problem. That's a problem. For some of us, we've tried to make tweaks in our lives, and what we need is no more tweaks. We need to make a bold move. We need to change our priorities. We need to put Jesus first. We need to embrace disciplines of Christ as his children because he loves us. And just look at me for one moment. What if for one month, one month, right, you tried it God's way instead of your way? You woke up even 20 minutes earlier just to be in your word with your stanky breath. Whatever you need to do, you just wake up and you get into prayer and you read the word and you get it into you. And you let neurogenesis start taking control of your life. What if you did it God's way boldly? I believe you would see God move in and through your life. You would think differently, live differently, and love differently. And hopefully this will give you momentum to continue the disciplines of Christ right? I dare you today. I double dog dare you to take that challenge for one month of daily prayer, daily Bible reading, confession, and giving thanks daily. Putting Jesus first. Do this with me. I'm doing it this month too. And you'd say, oh, I thought you always do it. I try to always do it, but I'm going to make it an effort to do it every day. The first thing I wake up, I do do this. First thing I do when I wake up is I read God's word. And it helps me throughout the whole day because I can be a little stressed out and it just calms my life. I read God's word. But I encourage you to put it into your schedule. Put it into your phone. Let the alarm go off. Even if you don't feel like it, read a verse and go back to bed or whatever you need to do. But there's someone who's in this room with you. I dare you. I challenge you like a breakdance battle, right? 
whoever wins. I challenge you to do this with me and let the best Christian win $100 at the end of the month. No, you don't need to do that, right? But whatever you need to do to challenge someone, because I believe this will change your life. I believe this will change the eternity of the people around you, and you would be so aware of Christ right with you and the Spirit of God leading you. I dare you. Let's pray. Let's pray. If you're in this room and you know, I just be bold. If you're in this room with our heads bowed and you feel far from God and you know that the first thing you need to do is confess there has been sins and things in your life that have been ripping you away from your church family and from Christ and from the ones that you prioritize, the ones you love most. If you are in this room and you just need to confess and say, God, forgive me. Jesus, forgive me. I need to be made clean before I chase after you. If that's you, just raise your hand. And just, yeah, all over. I hope Christians confess. Christians should be awesome at confessing because we know how holy God is and we come to him just humbly but then he looks at us and says I love you I love you I want you to confess so I can empower you I confess with you Heavenly Father, with every hand that raised up, Lord, we confess if we have not prioritized right or put you first or have have gripped onto disciplines like you, trying to be like you without the disciplines like you. It doesn't work. And I pray in the name of Jesus, we confess our sins, we confess our temptations, we put them into light, and we want to take on who you are into our life. And for the rest of us, I challenge us in the name of Jesus that we would schedule daily disciplines and a month from now we would see how you are changing the way we handle life we change handle stress we handle fear we handle our dreams i thank you i love you in the name of jesus we pray and everyone said amen god bless you get to know someone right next to you thank you for being here practice daily disciplines that's devotion god bless you guys